Hi there, and welcome to Words by Winter. I'm your host, Allison McGee, and today, even though I'm huddled up in my house during the pandemic, I'm all the way back in third grade thinking about a kid I grew up with, a boy who sat a few desks away from me, a boy I was scared of my entire childhood. On this particular day that I'm thinking of, it was spring, and everyone in our third grade class had been given a blown out egg that we were supposed to paint and decorate and give to our mothers in these tiny, fragile, intricately cut and glued baskets that we had made from narrow bands of colored paper. We had been working on this little gift for at least a couple of weeks. We lined the baskets with wispy strips of paper and we tied ribbons to the handle. It was Friday of Mother's Day weekend when we put the eggs inside our baskets, were told by our teacher to be very careful, and took them home. I was a rural kid along with a bunch of other rural kids who grew up way out in the country in far upstate New York in the foothills of the Adirondack Mountains. And the school bus was a long, meandering, daily torture. I knew that the boy would be on the bus, and knowing that, I slid my basket into the pocket of my blue jacket. I can still see that jacket. I loved it. It had these crazy pastel daisies all over it, which is a detail I remember whenever that day comes back to me. I curled my hand around the basket to protect it, but the boy was waiting. His dark eyes slid from my face to my pocket. He could see my hand make a slight bulge in it. What's in your pocket? Nothing. He smiled. Then he curled his hand into a fist, pulled his arm back, and punched my hand through the jacket as hard as he could. I felt and heard the egg crunch into bits in its paper basket. He heard it too. That was my present for my mother, I said. I hated myself for my choked up voice, for letting him see me cry. He laughed again in triumph. And I slid into a seat and pressed my forehead against that cold, smeared pain. The boy on the bus was my crucible of cruelty. He is with me still. His dark eyes, his bullet-shaped head, his hoarse voice. He is in the first stories I ever wrote, and he is in every novel I've ever written. Shapeshifter, he weaves in and out of characters who appear to the reader from book to book as separate entities. It's only me who knows that the psychotic chicken in one novel, the tormentor child in another, the heedless brown bear in a third, are all him. The boy in the bus lives in the pages of every book I've ever written. But on the page... He is more. He's more than an arbiter of cruelty. He's more than the real-life boy on the bus who gave me ugly names, dirty names, names that made me feel small and powerless. On the page, a classmate accidentally stays on the bus past her stop, long enough to see the boy get off at a rusty trailer with a mean dog and a meaner father lying in wait for him. A broken-down home with a disappeared mother who left without taking her kid with her. On the page, the boy's classmate sees the truth of his life. 
She carries the weight of that truth around with her, measures it against the weight of the fist that destroyed the gift she'd spent days making. She holds the secret of his life inside her heart, knows him for who he truly is, a lonely, sad kid who goes home to a house without love. On the page, the boy softens and quiets. When the friends he's bullied into submission finally turn on him, that girl, on the page, defends him. She lies for him to deflect the jeers and scorn and hatred that would have rained down on him. When I look back through this long tunnel of time into that dreaded school bus now, I see a scared girl in a flowered jacket trying to protect something precious to her. And I see a hurting boy with no one to give a gift to. The act of imagining that kid into all the pages I've written him into, all the stories I've spun out for him, all the futures I've imagined for him, have softened and quieted him in my memory. This is the power of taking something awful in real life and turning it into art. It humanizes you and your tormentor. It lets you both move forward. You can make up a story for yourself out of something that hurt you in a way you've never forgotten. And you can change your own past. You can make it bigger. You can make it bearable. You can protect both the scared kid you were and the lonely, sad kid hiding inside the bully. When I think of that boy, and I've thought of him my entire life, I think of how hard his life must have been. That phrase, hurt people, hurt people, comes into my mind, and I wish I could go back in time and undo things for him, make things better for him. I wish I could do the same for myself. When I first came across this beautiful poem by Hafiz, who died more than 600 years ago, I thought again of the boy on the bus. Here's the poem. With that moon language by Hafiz, translated by Daniel Ladinsky. Admit something. Everyone you see, you say to them, love me. Of course you do not do this out loud, otherwise someone would call the cops. Still, though, think about this. This great pull in us to connect, why not become the one who lives with a full moon in each eye, that is always saying, with a sweet moon language, what every other eye in this world is dying to hear? Well, that's it for today's episode, and thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it, please tell a friend and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Original music was composed and performed by Dylan Parisi, who can be found on Instagram at dylan.field.parisi, P-E-R-E-S-E. Persian poet Hafiz's poem, With That Moon Language, is in the public domain and was read by writer and voice artist Luke O'Brien, whose contact info can be found on our website. Words by Winter is created and hosted by me, writer Allison McGee. In order to match poems with people trying to navigate an uncertain passage of life, let me know what you're going through, what uncertainties or troubles you're dealing with, 
maybe in the silence of your own mind and heart. Let me know so that I can go in search of a poem to help you through the way that poems have been helping me through ever since I was a little girl. Sometimes life feels too hard, too intense, too much. If that's where you are right now, please reach out. Whoever you are, whatever age you are, whatever place in life, you can send me a voice memo via email at wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com or just write me at the same address, which again is wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com. For more information, go to alisonmcgee.com and click on the Words by Winter page. Words by Winter, conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life, because it's rough out there, and we have to help each other through.